Great to have you guys here. Thanks so much for joining us. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys real quick. We love you guys. So grateful for you. It is great to have you guys here today. We're so excited about our brand new series. So many people struggle with being brokenhearted. And so, you know, this time of the year is a fun time because we're celebrating Valentine's, but Valentine's is not fun for everybody. Sometimes Valentine's is a tough day because it reminds you of the actual state of your relationships. And so we want to talk about this today. And maybe you are that person who is hurting today and, and feels somewhat brokenhearted in your relationship. Or maybe it has nothing to do with your relationship. Maybe it has to do with uh, something going on at work or a friendship to where you feel like you've been betrayed or hurt. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. I don't know what it is for you. But many of us deal with this. In fact, at some time in your life, someone's going to break your heart. At some season of your life, if you've been living life at all, you're going to deal with this. And so I think this applies to every one of us. So I'm excited to talk about this today, and we're going to kind of unpack this for the next few weeks. I'm excited about this entire series. And so thanks again for being a part of our services today. Let's go ahead and say our mission statement together. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Again, thanks for being a part of our services today. You know, whether you have had your heart broken from a betrayal Someone that you trusted, you learned that you can't trust. Maybe someone that, at work that you thought was on your side, you learned was not on your side. Uh, maybe even someone who you thought was a real Christian brother or sister to you turned out to be the exact opposite of that. Been there, done that. So sometimes it's hard because we trust people and then we get hurt. Things happen and we want to close up and say, I'm just done with people. You know, some ladies in here say, I'm just done with men. Or men say, I'm done with women, Right? Or I'm just, I'm done with Christians. I'm done with churches. I'm done with, what is it for you? Oftentimes we close up because we've been hurt, we've been disappointed, or maybe you've experienced a great loss. And so we all deal with being brokenhearted at one time or another in our life. So what is the answer? How do you, how do you heal that brokenness about you? How do you, how do you? how do you get through that? Does time heal it? That's a good question, isn't it? Does, you know, people say, oh, just give it time and, and you'll heal up. But, but unfortunately, don't we all know people that, that were hurt years ago and they're just bitter about it now? How many of you guys know someone like that? You're like, yeah, they, they really didn't heal up. They're actually still harboring anger 10 years later. I know people that are mad at someone that's not even alive anymore. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it, it, it's really true that time really doesn't do the healing. So how do you heal a broken heart. Pull out your notes if you want. We'll give you some things to write down. In fact, if you, if you want to have the full notes, you can actually download our Church Unlimited app and just click on notes and everything I'm preaching from is right there in front of you. So you'll have a cheat sheet. And so please do that. But I, I want to encourage you today to know that you don't heal yourself. It doesn't work like that. In fact, if, if you were to break a bone, the first thing a doctor would do is they would reset the bone. And by resetting it, they would position it to then heal itself. In other words, the doctor doesn't put the bone in and say, I thereby heal you. Doesn't work like that, does it? The doctor knows that there's only so much they can do. And so what they want to do is they want to position the bone just right so that it can then begin to do what only God can cause it to do, and that's heal itself, right? And so the truth is, is that you and I don't heal ourselves. We need to get in the right position so that God can heal us. In fact, if you're here today, you're in God's house, you're already resetting yourself to be in the position to be healed. Because God, God's presence, God's purpose, God's word brings healing to all of us. So you're already in the right spot. But just understand, you're not supposed to do the heavy lifting of your healing. You know, the Bible says the battle belongs to the Lord. You know what's part of battle? Being wounded. 
So the wounded and the healing from the wounds of battle also belong to the Lord. He's the one that brings healing. So let me show you some scripture on this. Check it out. It says in Psalm 77, oh, I'm sorry, let me read a, a, a verse before that. Sorry, let me, I jumped ahead. Psalms 147 says this, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. So he does the healing, not you and I. On to the next scripture, it says this, I cry out to God, I call to God, and he will hear me. So what is the answer? What do we need to do? How do we begin the healing process of, of whoever has hurt us or whatever has happened to us? It's real simple. We cry out to God. And you, you may say, well, I, I mean, I, I, I want to do that, but God's so far from me, Pastor. There's just, why cry out to God when he's not even there? That's actually not true. Look at the scripture. It says in Psalms 34, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. God is closer than ever when you are hurting. When you are in pain, it makes you sensitive to the things of God. The truth is, most of us came back to church because life was not going well. It's when things were falling apart that we actually come back to God. Now, as I read this next scripture, this is a great translation. It's called the Message Translation. I want to read this to you slowly to really understand if you're hurting today, this is God's recipe to bring healing to you. Check it out. So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. There's a, a pastor that I know that just has an incredible ministry. God's blessing him just in, in, in ways that are just, just amazing. A friend of mine went to see him and said, what is your secret? What are you doing that others are not doing? And the pastor said, well, you know, God's blessing us and this and that. And he just kind of general, just, he kind of pushed the question off. And the guy kept coming at him. He said, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm not leaving until I know what is your secret. He's like, you really want to know? He goes, yeah. He goes, all right, come downstairs with me. So they're in their home. He goes down to his basement. And in his basement, there's an old piano. This pastor played piano, but no one really knew it. He didn't do it publicly. Just, it was just something he grew up doing. He, he hopped on the piano and he began to play some old songs that he knew growing up. Old songs we don't even sing in church anymore. And he just began to sing his heart out to God. And about halfway through that, he just stopped playing. And he slid off the piano and he got on his knees. And he said, God, I just need you. I can't do this without you. And he told my friend, he said, you either choose to get on your knees or you're going to get your legs knocked out from under you. So wouldn't it be better to choose it? So I want to tell you, if you want to know what you do when your heart's broken, you choose to bow the knee to say, God, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I'm so hurt and broken. I can't believe they did this to me. They said this about me. Why, God, I don't understand. And instead of lifting your fist to God, open your hand and say, God, I don't understand it, but I trust you. And I'm going to worship you anyways. If you will choose to recognize the healer is God, not us. It's not another book or another counseling session. It's the Holy Spirit bringing healing to your life. He's the one who heals us. If we'll just bow the knee to him, because we keep trying to heal ourselves and wondering why we're not getting anywhere. God is the healer in your life. 
cry out to God and he is there for you. There is a God who loves you. He really is there. I want to encourage you to cry out to God. Ask God to bring healing to your life. Don't try to do the heavy lifting of healing on your own. It's the Lord that does that. And he will begin to bring his peace to you and begin to bring his healing to you. It's a supernatural thing. You were never intended to heal on your own. God designed you and I to need him. And there's never a more important time that you need him when you are hurt than when you were hurting. That's when we need him the most. So as God begins to heal us, you'll begin to understand what it is to walk with him, to be in a relationship with him. Let me just give you an example. Maybe you just lost a loved one. This last week was a tough week. I had to bury a, a great man. And I had to look at a 10-year-old little girl in the face who just lost her daddy, and her daddy's not coming home. It was a tough day. Why is it that it always seems like the good people go? You know what I'm talking about? Why is that? It seems so unfair. But I will tell you this. I would tell this newly widowed woman, this daughter who no longer has a, has a dad, I would tell you the same thing. If you go home to an empty house or an empty apartment, you maybe finally realize that it's not empty, that there's a God who's there for you. In fact, if you're alone, maybe, maybe you're hurting because you, you, you recently went through a divorce and now you're living alone, or, or maybe your, your child went off to school and, and you missed them, or I don't know what the cause may be, but for some reason you're alone. When you get your keys out to go home today, when you put your key in the door, I want to challenge you just out loud, just softly just say, Jesus, I thank you that you're in this apartment. I thank you that you're in this home. And as you go in, and take your coat off and lay your keys down. Just begin to talk to Jesus as if your friend or your family member was still there because Jesus is there. And when you lay down in bed at night, instead of feeling like you're alone, you say, Jesus, I thank you that you're with me right now. And I just want to tell you how my day went. And I just want to tell you what's going on and what I'm feeling. Because when you finally discover that you're not alone is when the healing begins. You realize that I, I thought I was left alone. I thought I was on my own, but I'm not. There's a God who is there for me. Your relationship with God becomes so much more real when you've gone through a heartbreak. I want to challenge you to realize that you're really not alone. There really is a God who loves you that is there for you in this moment. One of the things I like to do sometimes is I just walk and pray. I, I call it pacing and praying. And uh, in my house, there's a little runway I have. I call it the runway when I just start pacing and praying back and forth right by my door and in our home. And I'm just praying and seeking the Lord and and uh, that has been something I've done for years. Our old home that, that we, we've recently moved, but our old home where my kids grew up, there was a hallway that connected our, all of our rooms. And I would just pace and pray and walk back and forth. When they were little, I would slip in when they were sleeping and pray over them and then go back and pace and pray. But I still do this to this day. In fact, this week has been a, an emotional week. It's been very draining. And, uh, and I will tell you that I, I came to the Lord the other night. I said, Lord, I have a message, but I, I don't feel good about it yet. I'm just being honest. I just said, God, I, I, sometimes you just, you get to the point where you're like, Lord, I don't know what else to put into this. I just feel like there's something missing and I, I don't know what else to do. And I've learned instead of stressing out and worrying about that, to get up from my notes and to go pace and pray. And this is what I did. I would just begin to walk around this building. It was late at night and, and I began to walk through and I just said, God, I thank you that your word tells me that you never sleep, that you never slumber. And since you're not going to be sleeping, I'm going to sleep peacefully at night and let you stay up. And I'm going to trust that tomorrow morning when I open my notes that the Holy Spirit's going to come over me and finish this up. 
I want to encourage you to know that God does not want me to finish what I do without him. God doesn't want you to finish what you do without him either. God wants to be involved in your life. He's the one who helps complete you. He's the one that knows the details. He's the spot you can't fill. He fills in the gaps for you. That's his job. He's there for you to fill in the holes in your life. You can trust in the Lord. He's there for you. I just feel like God's moving right now. I just feel like God's trying to speak to you right now. I just believe that maybe God is becoming more real to you because you start to realize this, that you don't really come to God because you're so inspired. You don't. I'm sorry. We don't come to God because of inspiration. We come to God because of desperation. And that's when we recognize we need him. We need him desperately. And I will tell you that I need the Lord desperately. I am not good enough on my own, but with God, he completes what I need to do. That's the way that works. And so cry out to God. Number two, would you write this down? Connect with people who care for you. Look what David said. This is unbelievable. This is, this is David's true feelings, but, but I want to show you how feelings lie to us. Look what David said. David said this, their insults have broken my heart and I am in despair. If only one person would show some pity, if only one would turn and comfort me. David's acting like no one cares for him. David, the guy who had all these mighty men who would lay their life on the line for him, felt like no one was there for him. Let me tell you why this is so important. I hear people all the time tell me, I just, I feel so alone. And that's when I remind them, that's a lie. You're not alone. First of all, you're talking to me. You're in church. There's people all around you that care for you. You say, well, I don't even know anyone here. They will still care for you. People will care for you even if they don't know you. Did you know that? In fact, let's just practice a little exercise right now, all of our campus right now. Just turn to your left and your right. Just tell them sincerely, I care for you. Go ahead and do that right now. Just let them know. You don't have to know them. You don't have to know them. Just let them know. We care for each other, don't we? Now look right here, this is important. You are not alone. But we act like we're alone. And this is what's really sad. Sometimes we go to a church, we're plugged in, we know people, but we never let anyone know how we're hurting. And then we leave in frustration and think, no one cares for me. It's not fair for you to be upset that someone didn't come to you when you didn't tell them you needed it. You have to be willing to actually voice it and say, I just need a friend right now. I just need some encouragement. I just need someone to pray for me. I just need to go grab lunch. I want to encourage you to do that. The Bible talks about, it says, let the older women teach the younger women. Let the older men teach the younger men, which means that we are to go to someone of the same sex, someone that can relate to our hurting and our, and our struggles and, and, and talk with them and get some help. That's one of the things I do a lot. I talk to a lot of our younger guys. They'll come up to me hurting in their relationships or confused about something. I'll just sit down and talk with them. You know, I don't have it all figured out myself. There's people I go to as well that are further along in the Lord than me, and I talk with them. But the Bible is very clear about that. Let the, let the older men talk to younger men. Let the older women talk to younger women. The problem here in our church is that I can't find any women that'll admit they're older to go talk to the younger women, so that kind of breaks down, but you know. Anyways, the point is this. We need one another. We really do. And so find some encouragement from someone else. Hebrews 10.25 says this, some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other. So this, this gives us the prescription of what worship should be about. It's about encouraging us. One of the reasons you need to come to church is just to be encouraged, know that there's a God who loves you. Also, we need to be involved with other people in relationships, like Christian relationships, healthy friendships, because guess what? We find encouragement. This is why I encourage you to join a life group. This is the power of a life group. 
A life group, by the way, is not some kind of counseling session. People kind of get weirded out like, I'm not going to go to some therapy group. It's not a therapy group. In fact, the number one thing you're going to hear in a life group is laughter. People are joking around, having a good time. The number one thing you're going to hear is laughter. The second thing you're going to hear the most audibly is chip bags opening. I'm just telling you right now, like uh, people are... Like we're bringing snacks, we're, we're, you know, we're filling up our plate with snacks and we're talking and joking around. That's what life group is about. You're doing life together. The other night I was in upstate New York. We just flown in and I was preaching at a church uh, and, and, uh, the next morning. And I'm in the car and, and, and a driver was taking me to our, our hotel room, my wife and I and, and our daughter. And uh, as we're heading there, I get a text. It's very late at night. And so it's, I don't know, midnight, past midnight, something. And I get this text and it's, it's the text you don't want to get. And he said, uh, Pastor, do you know that an officer is down? I was like, you're kidding me. I get this text, and it was a friend of mine that goes to church. I immediately called him and said, what, what, what happened? And he said, Alma McCollum passed away in the line of duty. It's like, oh, you're kidding me. And then, uh, first of all, I felt horrible for the family. But the second thought was, I'm so far from Corpus right now. I wish I was there. But then the friend I was talking to, his name is Scott Walker. He'd been a part of a church a long time. Scott and Connie were already at the hospital with Michelle, uh, the newly widowed woman that she's been part of a church a long time, sweet family. They were already there with her. And you know what? I had such comfort knowing that even though I'm not there, that she is in a life group and she is already being cared for before any pastor even showed up. We immediately deployed several pastors to go be there, of course, and they were there all night with him just to, just to help them through. But I will tell you this. You know how great it is to know that, that she was already in a life group? You know what I want to encourage you to do? I want to encourage you to join a life group before you need it. She just happened to already have a group of friends that she loved, and they loved her and their family, and so she had the support she needed. I am so proud of our church this last week, the way we have been comforting those who are hurting, being there for the entire police community. You guys are amazing. I mean, really, just incredible. I will tell you this too. You say, well, I, I don't need to join a life group. I, I'm not hurting like that. But what, what, what about the fact that you need to join a life group to help other people? It's not just so that you can be helped when you need it, but, but also so you can be there for, for others. That's the power of being in a group. I mean, Jesus was in a group. He hung out with, with 12 other guys, right? I mean, they were there, it was a discipleship group. And so they did life together. So I figured if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. So I want to encourage you to connect with some other people. We all need one another. We really do. Join a life group. In fact, outside in the atrium of all of our campuses, there's a place that you can sign up to go get involved in a life group. I want to encourage you to do that at all of our campuses. It's a great time uh, to get involved. So the question people ask sometimes is, why? Why did my heart have to break? Why did I have to go through this breakup or this divorce or, or this betrayal or this struggle? Why did this have to happen to me? Why did I, why was I un, unfairly treated or, or, or go through this difficulty? We ask that question, don't we? Why? We get caught up so much in the why that we miss the what. And so we need to all understand you have to have what I call a why file in your mind that one day you may not know the complete why until you get to heaven. Just being honest with you, some things you just don't really know why. I don't really know why we lost our first child. I don't know why. But I know one day I'll know, but just probably not on this side of heaven. But I will tell you this, the why question is still there, but I'm at peace knowing there's a God who will explain to me one day. Not that I deserve necessarily to have the answer. He's God. He can do what he wants. As Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But at the same time, I would love to know, Lord, what was the purpose of that? What was the reason for that? But I can get caught up in the why or I can shift to the what. Lord, what do you have next for me? 
Rather than being focused and stuck on the pain, I want to move past the pain and let this teach me, instruct me, and move me forward in my life. So let's focus on the what. Let me show you this, this verse, powerful verse. Check it out. 1 Peter 5, verse 10 says this, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. He says, after a little, after a little suffering, I will make you complete. Did you know that the successes in your life are not what complete you? It's the failures, the struggles, and the pain and the difficulties you go through that actually completes you. Nothing develops you like heartbreak. It's really true. And so I want to challenge you with this, number three, that Christ will mature you through your broken heart. He matures you through your broken heart. In fact, can I just tell you how you really want to, if you want to really turbo grow, like really grow fast in the Lord, there's two things God combines together for turbo growth. Here's what they are, truth and trouble. If you will apply God's truth to your trouble, you'll grow big time, fast in the Lord. But if you don't combine those things, you're not going to grow. Because here's the thing. You ever taken a class, maybe in high school or college, that you thought, I'm never going to use this information? Have you guys have classes like that? You're just like, I don't know why I'm taking this. I'll never use it. Right? It's frustrating. You don't even want to learn it, do you? You, know, you just barely get those classes. But then you come across that one or two classes, and you realize, man, I'm going to use this all the time. Isn't it amazing how much you study for that and you dig in because you're like, no, I know this has everything to do with what I want to do with my life. And man, you really learn that. Why? Because it applies to your life. In the same way, when you apply God's truth to your trouble, the verses of Scripture pop off the page of you. Why? Because you're dealing with this. It's something you're facing right now. You're in the middle of it. So all of a sudden, you recognize it, and you're like, oh, I needed that verse so bad today. Have you ever had a verse just pop off the page, and you're like, oh, man, that is exactly for me today? Anybody know what I'm talking about? When the verse just, it was like it was screaming at you. It's because you have trouble in that area, so that truth applied like, like no other. Truth and trouble, it causes us to grow faster than any other area of our life. Turbo growth, your walk with God, by allowing God to meet you at your point of need, at your biggest pain. That's where God does his greatest work. There was a dad reading the newspaper. He was going old school, actual paper. And he was reading the newspaper, and a little, his little boy kept coming up to him and saying, Daddy, Daddy, you want to play? And he's like, okay, just give me a minute. Daddy's almost done with the paper, and then, and then we'll play. And he just kept reading. He, was reading. he got really into a big article, and he was reading it. You know? A little boy kept coming up to him, and he was like, oh, finally realized, okay, he's not going to leave me alone. So he turned the page a couple pages into the newspaper, saw this big picture of a globe of the whole world. He thought, oh, this is keep him busy. So he tore out the page, and he tore it in little pieces. He said, hey, hey, go get, go get, some, go get some tape. He's like, okay, Daddy. So he goes to get some tape, comes back. He says, okay, here's all these pieces. Go in your room, and you put the world back together. And when you have it done, about that time, Dad will be ready to play. He's like, okay. So he takes all the little torn pieces of paper, goes in his room, and he's thinking, oh, I've got 10, 15, 20 minutes. He'll probably even forget about it, you know. Boy comes back in three minutes. He's like, what? And he had the whole thing all taped up, the whole world put together. He said, how in the world did you do that? He said, it was easy, Daddy. On the other side of the page was a man. And when I put the man back together, the world came back together. Some of you have a broken, shattered world right now. 
and you're focused on that relationship that went sour, on that friendship that you got betrayed from, on that painful divorce, that difficulty, that bankruptcy, that legal issue, but God is not focused on that. He says, I wanna put you back together. And if you allow the Spirit of God to put you back together, guess what? Your world will come back together. Because what good does it do to have the perfect circumstances and still have a broken you? God wants to fix you. He wants to put us. He says, I want to bind your broken heart back. I want to put you back together. But the glue, the tape that brings you back together is his healing purpose, is his Holy Spirit moving in your life. So right now, I want to ask you at all of our campuses to bow your heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How do you heal a broken heart? You don't. God does. So right now, let this be your prayer, just to go to the Spirit of God now and say, God, I just need you. I need you to begin the healing work on my heart. Lord, I've been so hurt. I've gone through so much, Lord. But Lord, I don't want to stay wallowing in this pain any longer. So Holy Spirit, begin to heal me. Begin to mend my life. I come to you now, Lord, broken in pieces, and I ask you, Lord, would you take me back together? Would you put me back in place? Would you restore me? And let the Holy Spirit begin healing you right now. If that's you today, and you know you need God to bring healing to you, no one's looking around at all of our campuses, just lift your hand high to God and say, God, I'm just embracing your healing right now. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our campuses. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. I see that hand in the back. Thank you. I see those hands in Stone Oak right now. Praise God. And Rodfield. I see that hand out in Padre. Praise God. Out there in Rockport. Online. Thank you. Thank you. God's bringing healing to you right now. With your head bowed and your eyes closed in this prayer time, if you've never received Christ, the truth of the truth is most of us come to Christ not because we're so inspired but because we're so broken and we realize we need a God who loves us. What a great opportunity this is to give your heart to Christ. If your head bowed and your eyes closed, you can pray this simple prayer. You can receive Christ as your Lord, as your Savior. We're going to pray it out loud together. Pray this with me. You can say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.